Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. good yes it is good let's start out in genesis you got your grandpa (laughs) hey welcome to the podcast hey guys we're doing a little marriage series here Uh, make your marriage a team again that's right last week was make marriage fun again. And you guys, I just have to say, if you didn't go and listen to that, um, I, I just want to do a little punch for uh, a little spotlight highlight on that podcast. If you have been married any amount of time and you have felt like maybe you've lost that spark or you just feel like you're in a season of loneliness or you feel distant from your spouse mm. or unappreciated or like there's never time to nourish your marriage, please go listen to the previous podcast as well. Um, We're going to talk about some really important things in today's podcast, but this is kind of piggybacking on top of it. They both stand alone, but it is definitely like you should listen to both if you're in that season. Hey, and you can't separate parenting from marriage. Um, You know, it's so important. Your, you know, relationship with God is the most important thing. And the next most important thing is your relationship with your spouse Mm -hmm. when it comes to parenting. Um, and I just think it's so important. So mm-hmm. we're doing some talks on this uh, down the road in maybe six weeks or so in the Be Courageous app. We're going to do a Courageous Marriage series as well for everybody in the mm-hmm. app where it's alive with Q&A on a weekly basis for a mm-hmm. while. That'll be fun. But we're just, it's really on our hearts right now, marriage. Mm-hmm. And I think that our marriage has been growing a lot closer recently. It's always been good and close, but I just feel like we're growing a lot closer. Mm-hmm. Like we're not wasting a day. We're realizing how precious mm-hmm. every day is. Yeah. For those of you who maybe don't follow us um, closely on social media, we recently had a little, a little. I'm gonna say scare is probably the best way to put it with Isaac's health and his heart. Just long, um, long COVID stuff. Yeah, yeah I said it. And um, and the truth is, is that you know, whenever you have something like that. For those of you who have experienced health issues or um, scares of any kind, you know what I'm talking about. You are reminded very quickly about the fragility of life, and Mm. you all of a sudden feel this massive motivation to really love that person well and to speak encouragement and speak all of your appreciation to them and to speak 
and to just spend as every moment that you can with them and you're just like hungry for their attention and all those things. And I would say that mm-hmm. that for sure, I know that for myself as a wife, um, and this is the first time that we've had kind of a little health thing with Isaac before, that definitely was something, that's how it hit me um, for sure. And I know that our marriage has been encouraged because of that for sure, which mm-hmm. also, can I just say the power of one mm-hmm. spouse really engaging in that kind of way in a purposeful way to really speak truth and to love and to go out of your way to Mm -hmm. love on them and, um, to serve them. All it takes is one. Yeah. And then it's like contagious and it can literally just wake up a marriage. It can, um, shake and rattle and roll a marriage out of a bad, um, like rhythm rhythm yes and so you guys there's it's never too late and you know Isaac and I have we've been very blessed in the 23 years Mm -hmm. that we've been married we have gone through a lot of hard things in our past especially like six or seven years ago our marriage Mm -hmm. was tested and tried and we definitely came out stronger Mm -hmm. on the other end both in our relationship with God and each other and as a family and I'm thankful for that Um, but I think that when you start to really realize you know, that every day is a gift, mm-hmm. you value it differently. And um, we've definitely had those little scares in the past with me and with having lost some babies and things like that. But um, whenever you experience something like that, kind of jolts you. So that's why we're talking about marriage today. Yeah. And I just recently posted your marriage is either getting weaker or stronger. There's no in between. And you got to go beyond the status quo. The status quo is, you know, what exists now. And Mm -hmm. you got to be pursuing each other in an earnest way. Mm -hmm. And so, but today we're going to talk about the team side of things. And maybe, you know, there's a reality that isn't what you want Mm -hmm. right now. I think that there's a lot of people, unfortunately, that may feel that way. Mm -hmm. And marriage is something that has to be purposely worked on on a constant basis otherwise it starts going sliding backwards and and so maybe you know there's some hidden resentment out there or maybe somebody feels unappreciated that's mm-hmm. listening you know i mentioned a lonely marriage maybe you're married but you feel lonely mm. and you don't really have the kind of relationship where you feel like you can share your heart's desires with your spouse or you can pray together and really know each other on a deep spiritual level. Maybe that can add an element of loneliness. Yeah, maybe there's some unmet expectations or some silent expectations that aren't communicated that are not mm-hmm. being met up, and it's mm-hmm. leading to some resentment we don't even realize. Or maybe maybe there's a comparison trap that you guys are potentially both suffering from, or maybe even just one person in your marriage, where there's a comparison of the contribution that you bring to marriage and a lack of value for, for different things or putting more value on some things and less on others to where one person really feels like maybe they're doing it all and they mm-hmm. undervalue the other person. Um, maybe they think too highly of mm. themselves, or maybe the other person just doesn't feel like they're needed. Right. Can yeah. I just say that? I mean, there's so many aspects to this. And so um, there, wherever you are in your marriage, maybe your marriage is doing awesome. Yeah. I pray your marriage is yes. doing awesome. And the reality is you're in a thriving marriage, not in a surviving Amen. one. Amen. And I I pray that that's your situation. I still believe that today the verses that we go over and the four tips, four points that we are going to go over are going to rock 
your world regarding yeah. making your marriage a better team if you are already a team. And I'd also say, even though this will help you if you have a thriving marriage, is that take some notes and take this maybe to someone else that needs it. Either share yeah. the podcast or maybe you could be the teacher mm -hmm. to teach them some of these principles too, which would be great. So we're going to dive into these four tips in just a moment. But we first of all just want to thank you for being on the journey with us. Mm -hmm. We feel like God has really pressed it on our hearts to impact 10 million legacies and we can't do that alone. We literally feel like we're doing it with so many thousands of people together to have this impact. Mm -hmm. And all resources, free resources are BeCourageousMinistry.org. Also, courses to purchase that support the ministry. You can find coffee there that support the ministry. And um, we just so appreciate your help. And of course, join us in the app if you want that intimate, deeper, biblical connections, biblical community. Mm -hmm. uh, it is, you know, the nothing replaces in-person biblical community, although people are connecting, mm -hmm. meeting each other in the app because you can tell where people live and stuff, the cities and stuff. But mm -hmm. but also it is it really is appearing to be one of the most powerful and loving, should I say, just caring for one another, mm -hmm. online biblical communities that exist. Yeah. It's really special. The culture in there is really cool. People will share prayer requests and you'll see different people, you know, speaking up going, Hey, I've struggled with this too. I'm following, or they'll put in prayers or they'll put in a Bible verse along with some biblical encouragement. And it's just super, like for me, I look at this and I'm like, this is the sharpening as iron sharpens iron that we're supposed to be doing in yeah. each other's lives. So, so please consider joining us in the app and, and supporting the ministry in that way. But also you're going to get access to the kids podcast there, as well as, um, we have a, a folder that has all of the monthly lives and Q&As that we have been doing for the last year, you guys. Labeled which is by topic and labeled by answers, questions answered. So you can literally look so and go, what did Isaac and Angie answer Talk on this? About, and then yep. find it. And so there's well over you know, a year's worth of Q and A's in, in the app already in a folder. And then there's also a growing folder that's redeeming childbirth. Cause I've been reading the women redeeming childbirth, my book in our pregnancy and postpartum group. So, and you know, what is also exciting you guys, it is the end of January, early February, and I'm going to be starting my seeds. And so I'm going to start sharing more of the homesteading process and the different things that we have been doing, um, that we've also done. We did for 10 years when we, when we cultivated hey, she, a vineyard, she had a, thousand square foot garden this last year and it got over a thousand pounds of produce god and really so, blessed it and I'm that, thankful so i'm excited to see what that number is this year and i'm gonna be doing videos with drew too he's our compost yeah. master <laughs> and so he's gonna teach people how to make compost all kinds of things we're gonna talk about making sourdough all the things all right so make your marriage a team again so the first tip is really to study your spouse mm -hmm. in some new ways of course you study your spouse but what makes a great team is when you're understanding the strengths of your partner and then you're you're starting to rely on that more. And mm -hmm. then you're shoring up each other's weaknesses, not necessarily by mm -hmm. complaining to one another, but looking at how we can complement each other mm -hmm. and be a stronger team together, which is really important. So this, this point that we're talking about right now where Isaac just kind of an, he went right into so beautifully studying your spouse. I think that this could be important for anyone, regardless of what kind of marriage you're in. But for, for just a second, you know, for those of you who maybe feel like you're doing it all, or you feel like, um, it's not a team effort and maybe one person is carrying a bigger load responsibility wise, 
and who knows why? Maybe mm. there's health issues. I don't know. Um, it, maybe you're in a season where your spouse is even overseas in the military, and so you're parenting 100% of the time. There's all kinds of circumstances of people that listen to the podcast and share their story with us. And so I just first of all want to say that this is still so applicable to study your spouse, communicate about mm-hmm. those things. And also, you know, part of studying, you can't really know somebody, right? know them without communicating Mm. and sharing about who you are and what you're learning, how you want to grow, all of those kinds of things. Because the truth is, is all of us actually grow over the years, right? And we discover new gifts. And sometimes God gives people gifts later in life too. And are we open? Are we looking? Are we praying for each other mm-hmm. and, uh, and encouraging, and encouraging new those. skills and new talents, new interests, new desires, all yeah. of those things. I mean, I even just think about like, you know, for Isaac and I, we both are pretty visionary people in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, you know, in studying each other is knowing that one of the things that makes us feel like we're fulfilling our purpose here on earth is that we're able to do the things that God's called us to. And so that's one of the things that we try, have tried to value in each other over the years and trying to encourage those those different things that we've pursued, right? Mm-hmm. And I do believe that just feeling known in that way has made our marriage thriving. Um, I know that for me as a wife, I feel like my mm-hmm. husband really knows me. He knows what I need. He knows what I desire. He knows um, what I'm passionate about. And I would say that I'm pretty good at knowing mm-hmm. what he's passionate about and what makes him tick, what makes him excited. And we try to, as a team, work together so that each of us can have time to do those things too. Yeah. And so that's just a little side tip. Hey, Genesis 2.18, you know, such a good little verse here. Uh, then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. You are fit for me. I, I appreciate that. that. <laughs> I love it. And and we have to believe, you have to believe that God put you guys together, just as we mm-hmm. believe God put us together, yes. for important reasons, and to be a team to glorify God. That's the most important purpose, mm-hmm. and it starts right in our homes. That's right. And recognizing this verse, in my opinion, gives a lot of confidence to a woman, because if you are like me, when I first got married, I didn't know the first thing about being a wife, a homemaker, a mom, any of those kinds of things. And so as far as being fit to do things, I didn't know what I was doing, right? But this verse really gives a lot of confidence to women who maybe have felt that way, or maybe they feel like they can't fill the shoes of the expectations that their husband's mom have kind of put there. Mm. Can I just say that? And so I think that it's really, we're going to talk about expectations in a few minutes, but I think that it's really important that as we are reading the word and we're understanding how God designed marriage and the leaving and cleaving process and that he has designed a partner for you to complement one another for the glory of God, really, truly, so that... um the that his him and his church are exemplified in the world in a more beautiful way right that is through our marriages absolutely and so recognizing that there is power in walking in that fitness if you will right that god has created you fit for your spouse Mm -hmm. like yeah maybe you still need to figure out what some of your gifts are. Maybe you need to learn some skills, right? To be able to do certain things. That doesn't mean that you're unfit. 
I just want to say that. That doesn't mean that you're unfit. And just because maybe your mother-in-law or your mother have gifts or they have skills or they've been good at doing something for the last 20 or 30 or 40 years, you need to have grace with yourself to not be expecting yourself to be this ultra homemaker person with only having one year of experience when she's had 25 right? Or 35. And so I I say this because when you're studying your spouse, there's also going to be a need for you to have realistic expectations of both yourself and your spouse. So like one example would be that I would, I've encouraged my, my daughters like, hey, you definitely want to like find a spouse that you can respect, that Mm -hmm. you're going to want to lead you, that you're going to want to follow. Yes, you're going to, that's what you need more than anything. They need to love Jesus. But then the second thing is, can you respect them and follow them? Because that's what God calls you to in his word. I think it's really hard for a team to be good if there's a lack of respect. And I think it's also hard if the husband isn't leading well, if the husband's not a servant minded leader mm-hmm. and looking at his role in that way mm-hmm. um, with a heart towards how can I encourage, protect, of course, provides one of them. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes that becomes the main thing Mm -hmm. when there's so many other things about servant leadership, Mm -hmm. which is to really, you know, look for the gifts and the the strengths in our spouse and to fan the flames on those things and to see how we can be different and be a better team. Because a lot of times the where we're different than somebody else, where we're different than our spouse also are the potential conflict points too. Mm-hmm. And so the thing we're the best at is also the thing that sometimes we can be the mm-hmm. worst at, mm-hmm. right? If we're really good encouragers, sometimes we can also be the most critical. And so it's really important that we understand uh, how we're wired in a way and the differences between each other so that, and then we start to really appreciate those differences instead of maybe Focusing on the negative. Focus on the negative of those differences. No, that's really good encouragement. I think um, in marriage, I think sometimes we can be our own worst critic, but we can also be the person that we're closest to worst critic. Am I right? And there are times when we need to offer grace with one another. And then there's times where we are going to want to speak truth into each other's lives because we love each other and we want growth, right? Um, And we definitely don't want to see our best friend falling into a temptation of sin by any means either, right? And so there's going to be times where you need to pick each other up, but you won't know that unless you've been studying one another and you know each other's weaknesses and strengths. Knowing your weaknesses and strengths, it should not be this thing where it's like, oh, I only want him to know what I'm good at and not think about my weaknesses because that's kind of embarrassing. If you have that kind of attitude in your marriage about not wanting to be transparent about the things that you're weak in, there's a problem Mm -hmm. because you're going to need your spouse to help you in those times when you are weak or when you fall to the temptation because you are human. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, is that if you can't walk transparently with your spouse, then there's actually a little bird's eye view into how transparent you're actually walking with God. Because first John is very clear. We're not going to dig into first John today, but that ver there's the whole first chapter is all about walking in fellowship with one another, walking in the light as he is in the light mm-hmm. and, and being willing to confess your sins and be honest. And part of this is like, this is equipping your spouse to be able to really truly study you well mm-hmm. to know all of you versus just one side of you. That's maybe the prettier side. And I, I just think that this is, 
something we cannot overlook because mm-hmm. we both as humans have pitfalls. We both as humans have things that maybe we struggle with and we need to encourage each other in those times. I wonder if there's some beliefs that need to be shaken a little bit. Sometimes uh, we can have beliefs about the other that are not as accurate as they need to be. Like a husband's belief about their wife, for example. You know, whatever we believe And if we're the leader of a family and we believe something about our wives, it could become a self-fulfilling prophecy. We could literally stagnate the potential in Mm -hmm. our spouse because of our belief. And so we have to be really careful. Men and women are completely equal in value, Mm -hmm. unbelievably capable. We do believe in biblical gender roles, but, you know, when I think of leading a family, I think of servant leadership. I think of believing in my spouse. I mean, there's a, a reason that she was so excited to, you know, blog and write her book one day, right? And there's a reason I've been excited to do things because she encouraged me. And it goes both ways. And mm-hmm. I think we're able to do so much more for God's glory when we have right belief. Mm-hmm. What would happen if we believed in our spouse to the level that God l- believes in your spouse? Meaning like their purposes, their skills, what they can bring to contribute to society, what they can bring to contribute to the family. What about what they can bring to contribute to your marriage? I even think about like... um I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, Also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, It's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. Just even the ability to be able to speak into each other's lives and learn from one another and how important that is, that there is a value for each other's opinions, a value for the knowledge that and understanding that each of you can bring to a certain situation and seeing each other as your best confidant and counsel. 
Mm-hmm. Because you know that without a shadow of a doubt, that person has your back. They are on your team. They want what's best for you. They love you unconditionally. So why wouldn't you go to them and ask their opinion, right? And so like in this conversation, as you're getting into the nitty gritty and you're studying your spouse, maybe you go on a date night and you're talking about the things that you want to grow in and, and the realistic expectations, the unrealistic expectations that maybe you feel your spouse has put on you, or maybe you've put them on your Yourself, or maybe you've allowed society or someone else in your family or a friend to put them on you. Like those are things that need to be communicated to your spouse so that you guys together can actually communicate, clear up muddy waters and walk in freedom without feeling guilt or condemnation or shame or mm-hmm. feeling like you're constantly not enough. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I think that there's an element of when you when you are sitting down and you're talking through those things, like let's say your husband comes from a family where he just, he saw this amazing marriage with his mom and his dad. (laughs) And he's like, he believes in marriage and he really loves you and he married you um, with this vision of what marriage can be based upon the good example that was set before him, right? Let's just say that that that's a scenario. And let's just say that maybe you come from a family where maybe you 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 didn't live even with your mom or maybe your mom wasn't at home very much and so maybe you didn't learn how to take care of a home or or how to homeschool or how to be a mom at home of littles or or any of those things. Maybe you didn't talk about any of those things and you feel inadequate. Because hmm. I know there's a lot of women out there that feel inadequate regardless of what their husband came from. But do you... For those women, can you imagine that they potentially feel a pressure to fulfill some shoes that they're like, I don't even know how to fill those. This requires communication because maybe you're thinking that you've got to fulfill some shoes that your husband is not even expecting you to fill. And that's our next point, which is breaking the chains of bad communication. We can get so comfortable Mm -hmm. with each other the longer we're married that we almost believe we can read each other's thoughts. We almost know if you start a sentence, you kind of guess how that sentence Mm -hmm. is gonna finish. Mm -hmm. And I think that that can lead to bad communication Mm -hmm. because everybody needs to feel understood, to feel heard. And I think we can be quick to judge the communication of the other when we need to be slow. We Mm -hmm. need to quick to listen, slow to speak slow to become angry, right? It's super, super important. So what are, are there any bad communication rhythms that you can think of in your own marriage? And what's really cool is, you don't, you can't necessarily change your spouse, but you can change you. Mm-hmm. And that is where there's power because the Holy Spirit's in you and God can convict you and give you wisdom when you ask and for this precise situations and things mm-hmm. to say, and then you can adjust your communication. Mm-hmm. You know what's amazing? The communication is like systems. And within a system, if one part of it changes, it changes the rest of the system. And so when you take, you know, decide to be the initiator and you take charge and you go, you know what? The next time this rhythm of bad communication happens in my marriage, I'm going to approach it differently where I used to get defensive. Mm -hmm. Instead, I'm going to think ahead of time how I'm going to respond in that situation. And you watch. If you consistently change part of that, 
you will actually have a rippling effect on your spouse Mm -hmm. that changes their response in the way they communicate. And you're actually literally breaking chains. You're breaking the system of Mm -hmm. bad communication. Mm -hmm. And forevermore, that can be better. Mm, I love it. You know, and one of the the verses that we thought of that we wanted to encourage you guys with is Proverbs 27, 17. It says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. And I, I even think about how important it is that we set up our marriages and we communicate and we give each other permission to speak truth to one another, mm-hmm. that we give each other permission and we encourage, hey, so if you really, you know, if you ever see anything, please be willing to come to me. Like, would we as individuals imagine if we each had such a desire mm-hmm. to be growing in the Lord that we were willing to open it up for our spouse to exhort us from time to time, how that would change communication. Mm-hmm. And that can be a really difficult thing. I, I honestly think that that's like marriage 2.0 right there. When you're <laughs> mature enough to actually be willing to hear it. It's like asking, hey, how can I be a better mom? That's a hard question to mm-hmm. ask. How can I be a better wife? Um, but also you were talking about um, servant leadership. And I just think about how much that changes a marriage so that people's hearts are soft Mm -hmm. to be willing to hear from one another. Like I I just, I feel like that last point in studying your spouse and being a servant leader in it totally ties it to breaking the chains of bad communication and being willing to hear someone when they are wanting to sharpen you. Mm -hmm. Um, Proverbs 2, 3 says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility Mm -hmm. count others more significant than yourselves. If not first in your marriage, where else would you start with obeying this scripture? That is so important for us guys to do is to consider everybody in our family more important than ourselves. That's right. And the next verse, let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others and just continues on. And you guys, I just think about like, imagine if you are purposing Mm -hmm. as a husband or as a wife to really set your own desires aside Think for a moment, what would what would really make my wife or my husband feel loved, cherished, mm-hmm. supported, served in this moment? And you were to go do that one thing. Or maybe it's say something. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not even doing something. Maybe it's just saying something. Or maybe it's like offering grace and forgiving them from the thing that they did before you went to work or before they went to work. Mm-hmm. And you overlook that offense. And you're willing to be loving to them. Mm-hmm. Like that servant leadership. And it, it literally can change how you communicate. It can literally change how you view each other. Because when you start to create a new reputation between the two of you, that is one that is based upon selflessness mm-hmm. instead of selfishness, that then becomes the new rebranded reputation that that person has in the marriage. And then the other person will think better of them. Mm-hmm. This is so needed in order to work together as a team. Otherwise, what the enemy's going to try to do is create competitiveness yeah. and a comparison. Like we talked about at the beginning, like, oh, I do more than him or or she doesn't do this. Well, I'm out working all day long. I come <laughs> home and the house is a mess. What has she done all day? Like it's easy for there to be those kinds of judgment statements that maybe don't get vocalized. I really hope they don't. But we would all be lying if we hadn't, if we said that we had never thought those thoughts before. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is that it's unfair 
It's not biblical of us to be thinking bad of our spouse in that kind of way. It's making a whole lot of assumptions. Mm -hmm. It's not understanding the situation at all. It's not having any kind of grace or understanding, right? And it's not even like open to conversation when you just jump to a conclusion like that. And that comes from a heart of pride, right? And selfishness. And so we really need to take to heart when all throughout scripture, there's all these one others, you know, like, and this is just one of them Mm -hmm. where it says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. And I just think to myself, how, how many verses are like this in scripture where we don't think, how does this first apply to my marriage? Mm -hmm. A lot of times we'll think, oh, I really wish this person heard this verse or, oh, I wish, oh, I got to teach that to my kids. They're not doing that well. But in reality, we need to take a step back and we need to look at our own hearts first when we read scriptures like this and go, hold on, what's the closest earthly relationship I have? My spouse. Do I model this in my marriage? Way before we're ever going to our kids and trying to exhort them in something. I think sometimes our egos get hurt and then all we start thinking about is ourselves. So then we start Mm -hmm. defending ourselves and we've lost sight of the real vision, which is the vision for our marriage, the Mm -hmm. vision for our marriage relationship. And we're just trying to make sure justice is served Mm -hmm. and that I am, Mm -hmm. you know, looked at appropriately or this situation is accurately depicted. And I think we need to let go of some more things, you know, in communication. Sometimes just let go and have a bigger vision. Don't get in the muck, go above the muck in your mind Mm -hmm. in those moments and think, what is the vision for my relationship Mm -hmm. with my spouse? I'm just going to keep us in the muck if I start defending myself here and there and elsewhere because we're speaking in emotion right now. When there's conflict, right, there's emotion and we get beside ourselves and we don't necessarily say everything we mean sometimes and or we exaggerate things we mean or we exaggerate situations. We use absolutes, which is dangerous in marriage. It's, yeah, by it's the, the way, that's epitome like banned of words destroying in the teamwork mm-hmm. in marriage. Never and saying, use always. You always, you never <laughs> Those kinds of things are just fighting words. And Mm -hmm. even if one spouse uses those, get out of the muck. Don't defend yourself to an emotionally charged spouse saying you always. Instead, create a new thing in the system where Mm -hmm. you overlook that in the moment and go, hey, you know, let's let's calm down for a second. You know, Mm -hmm. I really want unity in our marriage and I and Mm -hmm. I hear you and I'm hearing what you're saying. And, um, mm-hmm. but in, then steer it in a new direction. I think it's so important that we break the chains of bad communication and all it takes is one spouse to stop, mm-hmm. start doing that. Mm-hmm. And the third point is to plan together the life you want. The positive side is what do you want your marriage team to do in this world, to do, uh, in the, in your lifetime? Yeah. And what do you want it to be like? What do you want your kids to remember of their mom and dad's marriage? What do you what do you dream of? Like just sitting together. This can be actually a really fun, cool thing to do on your date night to plan the life that you want together. To mm-hmm. like think and go, you know what? I really want us to be closer. What do we need to do in order for us to be closer? To be like so tight in our marriage that mm-hmm. nothing's gonna rock us because as life as we get older, we're gonna have health problems eventually, and as life goes on, we're eventually gonna potentially have a financial struggle, or this could happen, or that. You know, you don't want to live in what ifs, but the point is, is life is hard sometimes. And if you're living in reality with rose tinted glasses off, you're gonna start right now 
proactively filling up the love tank, if you will, of your marriage so that when things are hard, you have a solid foundation. You're strong in the Lord together. And so plan together the life you want. Do you guys want to pray together every night? This is some this is the type of time that you sit down and you go, you know what? Spiritually, I think that our marriage needs to be stronger and maybe these are two things we could do. Maybe we could pray together every day. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could read the Bible together every day or every week or whatever, just us two. In addition to when we're reading with the family or reading alone. You know, like what are what are your desires? Mm-hmm. Think about that. What are the desires for your marriage that are going to actually equip you guys with the tools you need to have the life that you want together? These are the initiatives you need to set. Set some proactive initiatives that are going to make your marriage productive, purposeful, meaning you feel like you're fulfilling the purpose that God put you guys together for right? And you're going to, it's going to be fulfilling and it's going to be fun. What are the proactive initiatives that you can do that are going to make your marriage productive, purposeful, fulfilling, and fun? And glorify the father ultimately. Yes. So the final tip for you is do something that requires both of your gifts. You've studied your spouse. You're breaking the chains of bad communication because mm-hmm. that'll get in the way of teamwork. You're planning the life you want, maybe brainstorming together or individually bringing those lists together, those mm-hmm. ideas together, dreaming together, those kinds of things. So now there's a compelling vision for your marriage and how you want to interact and then doing something that requires both of those gifts. But let's hold on for a second. If your teamwork in parenting isn't aligned, Mm -hmm. that's got to be fixed first. If the teamwork in your home isn't happening to the level you believe God would want you to have it and you think would be most fruitful and most glorifying, don't start going to do something else together. Mm -mm. That is priority number one. And once you have that dialed and it's going well, not perfect, no one's ever perfect, but once it's going well, you're a team, you're aligned in your mm-hmm. parenting approach and things like that. That's why we did the parenting mentor program, by the way. It helps with us. Yes. But getting aligned and doing that, that is most important. Mm-hmm. Don't now go, oh, we're going to serve over here or together. we're going to start another business over here. And meanwhile, kids are all struggling. And then your marriage is like the fighting source is always around parenting stuff. Like, guys, Isaac's 100% right. Like the first mission that God has given you guys together to work on as a team is your family is the kids that God has given you. And you got to get that right first in your home. Just like mm-hmm. we teach our kids, like they got to get friendship right with their siblings first before they're going out and having other siblings. Like that is something our kids have heard over and over and over again since they were very, very little. It's the same thing with your marriage. You got to get your parenting right and be a solid rock as a family before you're doing adding on extra stress of doing something else. By the way, else. I would have never encouraged Angie to write a book ever unless our marriage was aligned unless mm-hmm. we were doing well unless our parenting was going well mm-hmm. and we were you know using each other's strengths and understanding where we can making up for that and being a team together yep. if that wasn't if we weren't going to church if we weren't reading the bible if, we, if, our, if our home wasn't in order there's no way mm-hmm. i would have encouraged her yep. and even if i would have she would have gone no way yep. we got to get this right yep. And so we both need to have that priority, like that distinction mm-hmm. line in the sand. It's the Our James family 3-1, like, has to be strong yeah. 
first and foremost, or we're not doing other things together. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is something that needs to be modeled because you, you need to mo- realize that everything that you do in your marriage is modeling for your kids, for the next generation of what they're going to expect, what they're going to desire, what mm-hmm. they're going to do when they are married. And so if you want a strong legacy and you want your kids to have a strong marriage, it starts with your marriage. It starts with how you parent together. Right. And so, you know, you guys, this is one of the things is that a lot of times people, they, when they think about the life that they want together, especially young people, right. They (laughs) think about all of the material things that they potentially want to gain or own that could create more freedom in the future. We used to be like that. The endless travel and the seeing the turquoise water somewhere. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, having the, the cabin over there and the, this over, you know, okay. Can I just say that the more things that you have, the more you have to take care of those things. And they are just things. They are not eternal souls. So we need to have perspective. I know I'm bringing a hammer down on things. But the truth is, is like we, we need to be able to steward the things that we have well. And that includes the children that we have. We Mm -hmm. need to steward those relationships well. And so if, if, if we're not able to do that, there's something called delayed gratification that we need to practice with ourselves so that we don't overwhelm our families. We don't overwhelm our marriages with too many things. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because when you're planning together and you're looking at your different gifts and you're mm-hmm. like wanting to figure this out, there is an important lesson that you also like aside Mm -hmm. from studying each other's gifts you need to also study the season of life that you are in and make wise decisions that are not going to be overloading your young family or putting you guys in a position that maybe is for in 10 years from now when you're more qualified to do it or when it's easier and not going to be so hard on your kids this is something that we have practiced it's something we've learned the hard way in different Mm -hmm. times and so I just cannot reiterate enough how important it is to both study your gifts, but also, and your spouses, but also study the season that you're in. So when you're planning, you need to have realistic expectation of your life and go, hey, you know what? This is a really good goal, or this is a good dream, but maybe it's not for right now. Maybe that's for in 10 years from now Get or this five in. years. Get your seasons dialed in right. Okay. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 is really a signature verse Mm -hmm. about church gathering, but we're going to also talk about this in terms of marriage because of course that's, is, Mm -hmm. is so important, right? And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I just thought of something when you were reading that, honey, it is for churches and for the gathering together. But hello, help. You can't exhort yeah. people to do that on a larger scale in the body of Christ if you're not doing it in your own home. Well, that's right? why like, you know, the qualifications for elders and deacons is having your home completely in order and being able to see the fruit of their parenting. Can I just uh, say when he says completely in order, it doesn't mean that there's like no crumbs on the floor. At that's times. right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Have your house, house in order. Maybe not complete. Having yes. your house in order. So yes. it's it's so important. It is a requirement. And, it you know, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the the big message here is have dreams and hopes for things that God can use through your marriage. Mm-hmm. But if things aren't good with the parenting and marriage alignment and mm-hmm. things like that at home, work super hard on that because we want to be examples mm-hmm. of what we would hope for our kids someday. Yeah. 
And I, I would say dream with your kids about it too, you know, like appreciate your spouse in front of your kids so that they start seeing those character qualities that you ha- you value in their in your spouse because mm-hmm. they can become part of their like quiet list that they have for what they're looking for in a spouse when they get older. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today as we were talking about making your marriage team again. Um, I hope you guys were encouraged. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.